One game is the name of the segment, and this man, uh, like a few others that have been on this program, played just the one game. His name is Nick Jewell. He joins us now. G'day, Nick. How you going? Yeah, I'm well, mate. How are you? Good. Now, it, it's, I mean, the, um, the the name of the segment came out of uh, Mark Dwyer talking about someone that had said that to him after he played his first game. Uh, you, you got the one game, uh, sort of reflecting on it many, many years into the future. How, how are you feeling about it these days? Well, it's funny, you, um, when you sent the text the other day, you want to have a chat, I, um, I thought about it. And it's not, it's not too often I think about it. Um, I, I, I think about cricket often because I, I obviously played for a bit, bit longer than <laughs> a few more than one game after that. So I don't often think back of the football. Um, someone might mention something and it's um, around finals time. This year someone mentioned, oh, you played in a, um, a VFL premiership as well. It was AFL Reserves premiership at the time um, with the Tigers and completely forgot, didn't even enter my mind. And so, yeah, it's a funny one like that. It sort of came and went pretty quickly. Seekers, there's another segment we could be doing on this program called I'd Kill to Have Played One Game. <laughs> oh, look, don't get me wrong. It was um, it was an amazing experience um, coming out of school and I'd never really thought about playing football, to be honest. So probably was going to head down a cricket path and after year 12, I, I probably don't think I would have played footy again. Um I was planning on going to... I was in the Institute of Sports Cricket and um, was going to go to district cricket, the old district cricket, our, our premier cricket, and that probably would have been the end of my footy days. But um, I was playing with Mark Chappie, who played a couple hundred games for the Tigers, uh, Damien Ryan, um, and not long before... who played for Richmond and St Kilda, and not long before that, uh, Andy Kellaway was at the same school. So we had a few AFL blokes uh, get drafted from the school side, and, and they obviously a lot of, must have played a couple of good games, so... Um, sort of fell into it a little bit, I suppose, and um, was a bit of a surprise. But as I said, it was uh, a couple of years. It was over as quickly as it started. Well, was there a lot of pressure on you because of the of the surname to uh, to play footy and to be a footballer? <laughs> uh, oh, look, I don't think so. I, I certainly didn't feel it. I, maybe there was expectations from outside, but um, having the cricket focus at the time. Um, and, you know, most, most kids now at 15 and, and 14, 15, 16 are starting to start in their preparations to get drafted. Um, and that's, you know, everything they want to do where it sort of wasn't for me. It was, um, I was planning on the cricket cricket uh, route, so didn't really feel that expectations. Um, you used to hear it on game day and get sledged. <laughs> yeah. Um, who your dad is, but apart from that, no, I didn't really have any great expectations on myself. It was more of a... Just an amazing experience, and it really taught me how to how to train and, and how to prepare. I was pretty mentally soft, I suppose, just playing school footy and school cricket, um, and to get thrown into an AFL system where it's just ruthless, and you've got to earn your stripes from day one where you walk in. Um, it, it really opened my eyes on on professionalism and how hard you need to work. One hundred ninety four centimeters and ninety three kilos. You're a, you're a good build for a footballer. Well, I wish I still was. What heavier than that now? But uh, yeah, look, I get the size and all the um, uh, yeah physical attributes were probably there. I had pretty good skills. I was always in the backyard with Dad, and he, he wouldn't have a kick with me unless I was kicking on my opposite foot and yeah. uh, opposite hand and all that sort of stuff. So um, yeah, I always found that side of the, side of the game uh, enjoyable 
and um, honing your skills. But yeah, I, look, I don't know. I don't know if, whether I was probably desperate enough. It was um, only only sort of played five or six games in the in the PAC Cup, and um, as I said, most of my um, in the lead up to it, thoughts and focus was on cricket. So yeah, probably. Was, and saying that, I don't think I certainly would have played for 10 years in Victoria if I didn't have uh, the two years at the Tigers and learning how, how to be a professional sportsman and watching these guys like Brendan Gale and uh, his brother Michael Gale and Andy Kellaway and some of the guys, Matthew Knight, the way they prepared, which I was just, I'd never seen anything like it. Um, and then when I got the opportunity, when, when footy finally uh, decided I was no good, um, I went to the cricket. The cricket knocked on the door again. I understood the level you need to work at to, to play at that level. Yeah, amazing, isn't it? Hey, the Wacker obviously is a, is a place with a, a very fond uh, fond place in your heart because that's where you made your uh, your Shield debut five years after you made your your footy debut. But uh, let's let's go back to that ninth of August, nineteen ninety seven. Was a night game in uh, in Perth. Well, it was a night game here, but it was a, a sort of twilight game uh, in Perth. It took on the Dockers. Uh, the Tigers got beaten. It was it wasn't one of the Tigers' best performances. What are your What are your memories in the lead up to the to the week of the game? Yeah, it was really strange. It was um, I, they didn't I hadn't finalised the side. Um, had been playing playing okay in the in the twos, um, and uh, Robert Walls had just been been let go as coach, and McGee took over, who was the the twos coach at the time. And I think we might have been on top of the ladder, so um, had had good relationship with him, and, and the opportunity came. But it wasn't probably until the morning of the game that I got the nod ordained on the on the bench, and I think it was out of and Ben Holland, who was going to play, and it was rather it was really wet and windy for Perth. The hail was coming in sideways, and um, for whatever reason, they decided I'd play that game instead of uh, Dutchy Holland. So uh, it wasn't until, like I said, yeah, probably lunchtime on the morning of the game that I got the nod. So I was a bit sort of sitting around and waiting and and hoping that you get the opportunity. And nervous, nervous, I suppose, a nervous wait. Do you remember your first kick? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I took a. Um, I remember taking a mark and uh, got a bit too far out and wheeled around and passed it to Paul Broderick, who, uh, who took a mark in my fifty and went back and kicked the goal. Only one of the, one of the few goals we kicked that night. I think we got a bit of a touch-up from memory. Um, but, yeah, you know, I just remember thinking how fast the game was and how big these folks played on Stephen O'Reilly. I think the old Geelong back who went to Fremantle. Yeah. on him and he was just a monster in a man and had probably 10 or 12 pre-seasons under his belt and I was a young kid. 90 kilos, you know, struggled to probably do 30 push-ups. And, um, yeah, just thinking, wow, these are the different league this. Did you, um, did you have a sense that that would be it? Or did you think, oh, okay, no, I've, I've got my first game. I'll probably get a couple now. Or what what, what, what were you thinking about it? Uh, it was funny when, um, funny when, when the, uh, the call came and you no longer required it. Another club rang up on the morning of the draft and, and was going to take me on the uh, the rookie. I think it was the first year the rookie list was, was put in place. And um, I spoke to Dad about it. I gave Dad a ring and so this come out of the blue. And so what are your thoughts? And he, he said, well, you reckon you're going to play 200 AFL games? Uh, I said, no, nah, probably not. He said, no, nah, where do I? So um, <laughs> maybe stick to the cricket. So Because uh, cricket was at that stage, I ran cricket. And they said, well, we'll put you back in the the VIS and, and fast track you back into the cricket system, but you've got to sort of make a decision and that it's no more trying to do both sports. If we're going to invest in you, it's time to, to pull the pin. So, um, look, I think it was a pretty smart decision in the end. 
Put you in a pretty select uh, group of uh, blokes, though, to have played, you know, uh, league football and to play Shield cricket. There's not there's not thousands of those running around the place. No, look, yeah, it's a good, it was a bit of a trivia question there for a while. Who, who was the last one to do it? I think Alex Casey's, uh has done it now. But, yeah, there's a few old Don O'Donnell and Craig Bradley and a few, so... Um, I don't think I don't think there'll be any, anyone else the way that the professionalism of the two sports now and, and players travelling around the world the 2020s and pre-AFL footy obviously is probably a little bit ahead of uh, has been in the last 10 years of how how big the pre-seasons are etc. Probably kids get pulling the pin on cricket at the age of 14 or 15 to get into the TAC system where it sort of never, was never that way. So, um, so look, great experience. Um, as, as I said again, I, I certainly wouldn't have had the um, been able to play the games I played in Victoria if it wasn't for my two years at Richmond and, and learning from some of the, those guys how, how hard they worked and how ruthless it was. How weird was it then walking out uh, with, you know, in your, in, your, in your whites, opening the batting for Victoria in your Shield debut on the same ground that you played your one and only uh, AFL game? <laughs> I don't know about weird, more terrifying, I know that. <laughs> it was, uh, you just sort of think you've got the handle of... Um, Premier cricket and you're starting to go okay, but then you go up to the state cricket and the likes of Brad Williams running around and a big Joe Angel and you know God you've been playing on TV for Australia and Simon Caddish was playing Brad Hogg. Um, you sort of forget to play the ball and you end up the old saying in football you play the man. You're looking at all those players you played against. Uh, you've seen as a kid on TV and next thing you're out there with them. It's um, you're about to shut that out of your mind and still still play the ball that's coming down the down the wicket from 22 yards away, still a cricket ball. So that was the hardest part, just getting your head around that you know, it's just another game of cricket, but you're playing against um, some of the you know the heroes, the champions you've been on TV. Well, your league debut wasn't uh, a sparkling one in terms of the result. Uh, Richmond, as you quite rightly mentioned earlier, got touched up on the day, but your Shield debut was a was a great result for Victoria. Well, uh, yeah, we were um, who was coaching back then? I think we had Mike o, uh, Nick O'Sullivan had taken over from um, John Scholes, and we'd had a terrific uh, Scholes. He unfortunately passed away, and we'd had a terrific just before my time uh, making Shield finals and, and, a, and a really strong rivalry with um, with Queensland over the years, and then uh, sort of a bit of a tough year, and got my opportunity late in the season from memory. I um, one of those ones I didn't have a contract at the start of the year, and you just had to force your way in. Uh, by way that runs, I guess, in club cricket and, and get your opportunity. So to get the call up late in the season, I think I played enough games for the last two or three games to get upgraded to a contract, yep. um, which which enabled you to actually then become sort of a semi-full-time cricketer, um, knowing that you were uh, had a contract in your back pocket, which was, um, that was probably the time where I really thought, yeah, it's time now, I'm, I'm going to get a contract and I can be a professional cricketer and really this is my moment. Well, I'm looking at the record. So you made your debut against WA at the Wacker and made 74 on debut. So I mean, that's that's far from shabby. <laughs> oh, look, uh, yeah, that didn't, didn't make too many runs over at the Wacker, and uh, um, they went on the side for some reason. Western Australia, I just couldn't 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 get a handle of them. They were um, they always seemed to work out whether it was the uh, the, the extra bounce or um, they, they had a, a guy called McGoffin who went there from Queensland. Uh, just uh, opening the batting was just some sides, uh, some bowlers that just got it over here, and that was one side that always seemed to uh, to work me out. Maybe it was the ghost of the Richmond performance in 1997 <laughs> that was hanging on the back of your head, Nick. <laughs> no, Dan, one, one kick, four handballs or something. I think my average at the wacky was probably similar. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no, look, what a great, great fun. 
Uh, mate, you had a terrific uh, Shield career. Um, I mean, and you were sort of talked about for even higher levels at uh, different stages uh, during your career. Obviously, enjoyed your cricket and still enjoying your cricket. Yeah, still still limping around, <laughs> playing uh, just playing down here locally uh, in the MPCA. So um, yeah, look, any game could be um, just about my last now, forty two. But I had a year off uh, last year and decided to play again now. My young fellas just started playing in the in the seniors uh, down, down here as well. So need uh, watching a bit more time on Saturdays to watch him. But yeah, still having a having a bash and getting a few runs. I'm told. Uh, yeah, not too bad. We've got 160 on the other week, so that was all right. And it comes to the two, two games either side of that, like 97 and a 98. So the nervous 90s struck, but um, nah, a bit of fun. Geez, I, I said, how can you just go out and play the way you're playing from ball one? It's easy, you don't care if you get out. You can just, uh, the, the, the concern and you know, the old nerves of you know holding your spot and preparing. And, yeah. um, you know, different, at my age now, it's just a bit of fun. So I'll go out and... A bad ball's a bad ball now. If you should go before, you try and hit it before. If you get out, well, get out and read the paper. The anxiety that we build within our sportsmen, both football and and cricket, is, is quite astronomical and quite unfair. Oh, look, I can certainly understand um, the guys, you know, that have been in the press lately, uh, young Wilf Kotsky and, and a few of the others. The, the, the waiting to bat, the nervousness. I, I started as a middle-order player and, Used to feel physically ill, you know, sitting there waiting to bat. It was the worst feeling in the world. I really, it was the only part of the game that you really thought, geez, I could do without this. I'd like, how easy would it be being at the beach or playing at the golf? <laughs> yeah. um, but that, I used to use that, used to use that feeling as the, as the motivator and the driver to make sure you're prepared properly during the week. And didn't want to have that feeling waiting to bat and going to bat and then knowing that you hadn't done the work. So I used to use that as a motivational force, thinking, okay, real, this really means enough to me. I've got this feeling inside of my guts that oh, just that nervousness and worry that I'm going to fail and let the team down drove you to, to prepare properly and turn that into a strength. So yeah, I understand where where the, those guys are coming from, but, yeah, I don't know whether it's a, how you can do it, but I, luckily enough, maybe dad, you know, having dad's guidance over all the years, um, being involved coaching that you could turn that into a into a strength and, and a force to turn it into motivation. But there's sort of nowhere to go when you get a when you get a duck, whether it's a first ball duck or a, you know whatever. If you get a duck at the highest level, uh, there's there's nowhere to hide. The, the, it's as it's as open a, a wound as there is in in life, I reckon. <laughs> oh yeah, look, and you're out on the ground. It's a they're big grounds in Australia, and they can just it feels like you just it'll eat you up and you fall into a hole, but. I think as you get older and, and you and you play longer, and I'm sure the AFL guys are the same. The more games you play, if you if you know you're doing the work and doing the preparation, that um, you, you're going to play, you're going to you're going to get out occasionally. You're going to have a bad one, but if, if you the reasons are that the opposition were just too good, we'll say that. But if it was because you didn't prepare properly, whether it be the night before or the week leading up to the game, um, yeah, that's what that's when you probably need to have a look at yourself. I remember Dean Jones saying to me once, look. If I get run out or if I get a bad decision or I nick a couple, I don't get too worried about it because I know I'll make a 1,000 runs a year. I, I know how many innings I'll get. I know I'll, if I do what I always do, that I'll, I'll perform and I'll make this many runs. So don't get too too caught up in the short short term. It's a long-term game the season and, and work across that and try and clear your mind, which is really good advice. Yeah, absolutely. Good on you, Nick. Uh, uh, terrific to catch up and talk to you about uh, about your, your game at the at the Wacker and about your, both your cricket game and your footy game at the Wacker. Thanks so much for your time, mate. Appreciate it. And uh, good luck for the rest of the year with the Long Island boys. Ah, absolute pleasure. Anytime. Thanks, Ken.